Welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. We got a nice gift here that we're raffling off. If you don't have a ticket, my buddy Dustin's here. Raise your hand if you haven't received a ticket today. We want to make sure everybody's got something because some people are going to walk away with something really new and amazing. So if you don't have one, here's one. Raise your hand. You got to keep them up so that people can see them. But anyways, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Keep your hand up if you want to be a part of it. God's going to do something special today. We're so grateful that you're here and that God wants to do a work in all of us. If you're new, a special welcome to our church. We call this place Journey because we're all on a journey trying to get closer to who God is in our heart. So if you want to see God work, this is a good place for God, uh, for you to meet God. Now listen, I don't know if you guys know this, but in, in my head and, and when my wife and, and Jeremy and Jeff Foss and Madison and all of us were together, the vision that I had for the church was not exactly what this is. It's not exact. It's not that I'm, I'm upset or angry with what God is doing. I'm actually stoked at what God is doing in this church. But listen, it's incomplete. And I want to just share with you the vision of what I believe all churches should be. What I believe the church that Christ has built should be. Here's what I believe. When people walk into a place like here or any place, Crossroads or Cam Community or Cam Christian or Calvary, people should be astounded that God is alive and moving in that congregation. When you walk in, you should feel that there's something going on with a group of people. And you should come in and you should have trouble finding a seat like when you do at a baseball game or a concert. I'm in this seat and you've got to work to get to your seat. That's what God made his son Jesus come to this earth for so that we can be astounded that Jesus is alive. And look at there's empty seats here and I'm not complaining. There's 12,000 Christians in Camarillo. If everybody in Camarillo, just Camarillo, I'm not talking Oxnard or Newberry Park or any of the other places, showed up to church, there would only be seats for about a third of them. There'd be no room. And people would be fighting. Jesus came into the world and he says, I want the church to be a life-giving church, a, a life-saving church, a church full of hope. And I'm, all I'm telling you this is that we can get fired up and start filling the coffers of Jesus. Invite people to any church that believes in Jesus and reads the word of God. It doesn't have to be journey. God will glorify us no matter who we engage if we put them in the right place. Today, I hope that you see God doing something. Now, that being said, let me give some kudos of what some people at Journey did. Yesterday, one of the things that I love, Miss Madison did this a couple of years ago, and Ashley has continued this, and it's the kids going out and serving our first responders. Outside yesterday in a windy, cold afternoon, it wasn't pleasant, a group of people came together and made gifts, and then they took them to all the fire stations, our one police department, and to our post office. And it was amazing. Brother Lowell came out with a song that we wish you a Merry Christmas. And we knocked on the fireplaces. And they were so excited. Some were scared. One up in the, in the estates had never seen as many people at the front door. But the truth is this. That was truly a love offering to this community. 
and it was really special. And one of the ones that just shocked me, one of the things that just kind of blew my mind is we all walked into the post office after going to the fire department next to the post office. We walk in there, and Brother Lowell just starts singing boldly, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and everybody in line is thinking it's a flash mob, right? And they're getting their cameras out. And then... And then everybody just started lifting gifts onto the post office to, their, to, the, to the people at the post office. And everybody's clapping, but nobody knows what's going on. And finally, Bree comes up, uh, and she says, hey, this is a gift to all you postal service workers that do a work for our community every week. And they clapped. And it was powerful. That's what church should be like. It's not about four walls and cathedral ceilings and big buildings and slick pastors that wear cool clothes and great worship. It's about a group of people that are sold out for Jesus Christ. That's what church is about. And I want to create a church that when people walk in, they're astounded. Man, the Holy Spirit is here. Jesus is alive. I can't wait to see what he's going to do next week. And you leave filled with God's love and you come back going, man, I can't wait to see what he can do again this week in my soul. God wants to communicate to all of you today. And some of you specifically, specific words that will radically change your soul. First service, people were blown away by what God did. And I promise you, if you're open, he will do the same. We are going to go through this new series. It's called Behold. We are going to talk about two words today. What does the word behold mean? And how does that work in a Christian life? And then this mindset of something new. Somebody is going to get something new today. And it might be not what you expect, but someone's going to walk out of here with something radically new, and hopefully it will change their life forever. And uh, just, it's not a TV, so <laughs> just telling you that. We are on the, the, the verge, today would be the first Sunday of Advent. If you've been in a church and you've ever been in a liturgical church, this is the be Advent, the first Sunday of Advent. Advent, if you look at the dictionary definition, I think I have the dictionary definition up here. If you look at Advent and its definition, it says it's the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. The second one would say it's the first season of Christian church leading up to Christmas, including the four preceding Sundays up to, Christ, uh, up to, up to Christmas. And finally, the Christian theological one, the word means Advent, the coming or second coming of Christ. The synonyms we have for Advent would be arrival, appearance, or emergence. So that's what we're celebrating here. Today, I want us to get into the mindset of Advent. We don't need to celebrate Advent with the candles, but we can get into the mindset. A general church that celebrates Advent, the first Sunday, Sunday service, they would light a candle, and that candle would be lit for a candle of hope. We did communion with hope today, and that, that first Sunday, you would come in feeling hopeful, and you would celebrate hope. The second one and the, the third and fourth are kind of, they're not all the same in most, uh, most churches, but generally, they're peace, joy, and love. Each Sunday, you light a candle, and then on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, in this wreath, this is what a real Advent would look like, you would light that center candle, which represents Jesus as the light of the world. He's come into the world to bring hope and light and joy and refreshment, but he's also died, and he is the light of the world, and he is coming back to radically save us and radically take our lives into the kingdom of God. So this Advent season would also be called like a mini Lent or a little Lent. 
And if you guys know Lent, when you go up to Easter, you give this 40 days of something to God. People give uh, beef and, and alcohol, and they put stuff aside and say, hey, I'm not going to do that. What I want us to do is get into this Advent season and think about what you can give to God for the next four weeks leading up to Christmas Eve or Christmas Day saying, I'm going to put this aside. For me, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to pick up my phone the first thing in the morning. I'm going to actually throw it right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right to Matt. I, I'm too afraid I'll break it and then I'll be sad and then my wife will be mad and then I'll have to pay. But, but I don't know about you, but let's be honest today. Let's be honest for the first time. Who grabs their phone the first thing in the morning when they wake up? So for me, I'm, I'm one of those people. And I look at the news, and Dustin stays up till like 3 in the morning, so he's always texting me stupid posts, so I've got to check those. I'm going to leave the book, I'll leave the phone down, and I'm going to open up my word, and I'm going to pray for the first 20 or 30 minutes that God is going to use me every day for the next four weeks. That's my advent. That's what I'm going to give up, my first minutes of the day to God. Throughout the day, I'll do other things, but if you have that in your heart, think of something that you can do. Maybe you like tacos. Give those up for a couple of days. No, don't do that. That would be too much. <laughs> but the mindset that we should have in a church is that we're willing to go into Christmas putting Christ first. That's what this series Behold is about. That you will understand who Jesus is and how you will behold him in your heart, mind, and soul. Really grab a hold of behold. What is behold? What is that word and why should it be astounding to Christians? What does this word mean and how can I use it in my life so that people could grab a hold of God and behold the Lamb of God? We want to talk about that today. What's so astounding about God? Well, he sent his son into this world. He sent in a human being. The word is incarnate, flesh. If you know carne asada, it's kind of the same word. Incarnate, carne. He came in as a human being into this world. That in itself should be astounding. But what did he do? He also came into the world to be a sacrifice for you and me. A human sacrifice, perfect for the sin of the world. That should be astounding, but there's more. He also came to be a savior, to sanctify us, and to bring shalom or peace in our heart. If that's not good enough, you're in the wrong church. I'm sure there's a dead one somewhere in this area. Because what I believe is, I believe in a God in the universe that should be mind-blowing and astounding, going, that is a God that I want to be a part of. That is a God that I want to tell to come into a church and fill the coffers, not money-wise, but people, because he wants people. He doesn't want money. God wants to do a work in all of us. He wants us to behold him and grab a hold of it. Today, we've got two verses and two words that we're going to study to kind of understand behold and this word new. Write down some notes. Walk away feeling like you have been encountered by God today. I promise you, if you're open to that, God will do a work in you and you will encounter him. So what should we behold? Revelation, verse six says this. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from the sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his father. All glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. 
He has come into the world and he's made a group of people priests for God the Father. You and I are priestly pastors to go into this world. Don't rely on my walk with Jesus to make sure that people are communicated with God. I'm just an average man that does average things and has a family and trying to live a life. You are called to the priestly order as well for the kingdom of God. Don't rely on myself or Jeremy or Foss or anybody to do the work that God has called you to do. That is what we should behold. He has called all of us together as a church to go out into the world. And we can't minimize that thought. We can't shorten, shorten that mindset. The second verses are going to be our memory verse from today until the end of Christmas. And it says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on the account of him. Even so, amen. Well, what does that mean? What we are going to behold one day is that God is going to send his son again on the clouds and in the clouds, and everybody on earth will see him. That is worthy to be praised and behold because we have a Savior that all are going to see. And the beauty is that it says every knee is going to bow. There's going to be certain people that are going to be weeping for joy because their Savior has come back. And then there's going to be a whole group of people that have rejected and pierced him. And they're going to go, why did I not listen to that crazy guy on stage? Or why didn't I have my sister or my aunt bring me to church because there is a Jesus and he's real. And they're going to wail in sorrow and they're going to be cast away, gnashing of teeth and missing out on the opportunity. Either way, the whole nation and all the worlds are going to wail, some for joy and some for sorrow and sadness because their personal things got in the way of the glory of God. Don't be those people. Don't let your mind and your pride and your anger and your unforgiveness stop you from coming to the glory room of Jesus Christ. That is what we should behold. All the nations will be on their knee at one point bowing before God. And that is worthy to be beholding. What does the word behold mean? Here's the definition. And it's just a bunch of phrases put together so that you can get a greater view of what it means. Here's what it means. Behold is to see to view, or to face, to look out, to regard, to watch, to consider intently is to behold. That's what we should do in our walk with Jesus Christ. To behold is to observe fully, to see mentally or prophetically. To behold is to look with attention and earnestness, to survey with accuracy. Here's the one that I have underlined. This is the one that I have done many times in my walk. It says, an earnest spiritual contemplation. To behold is earnestly, spiritually contemplating who God is and what he is and how he's changing lives. And maybe you can't see it in your own head, but he is changing and doing work in all of us. To behold is to look at, to uh, look at purposely, to perceive, to apprehend, to learn, to know. To behold is to call attention to what may have been seen and heard. To behold is somebody came to church and they saw somebody in this place get a word and they run over and go, man, did you hear what God said to you? I'm going to point that out. Behold, the Lamb of God just spoke. You need to hear that and you need to take that word and run with it because it will change you if you follow it. 
That's what beholding means. We are doing this series so that when we get into Christmas, all of us are gonna be blown away by what baby Jesus brings us. Peace, hope, love, joy, radical transformation, and life-changing ways that will get us out of our own self and into the glory of God. Does that make sense? So what do we behold? In Revelation verse 1-8, here's what Jesus says. Behold me, I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning of the alphabet, and I'm the end of the alphabet. I'm the beginning of the world and of the universe and eternity past and an eternity future. I will be there. I was there in the womb when you were born, and I will be there the day you die. That's what you should behold. Who is, who was, and who is to come. I'm the Almighty. Behold me. That's what behold means, and that's who Jesus is. God is communicating to you on those words. This is what behold means. You put Jesus in the middle of your life and you behold him. The word of God is real and powerful. And he's challenging many of us to behold. Now, if you're able to stand, I did this first service and so I'm gonna do it. I should have done this like about 15 minutes ago, but if you're able to stand, I got so excited that I forgot to read the scripture. But God's forgiving and good, and as long as we honor him, we're going to honor him. This is a, work, a word from Isaiah. Switch our message from a revelation into Isaiah, a prophetic word. And here's what Isaiah writes. Do not call to mind the former things or the ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will, make an, uh, I will, make, I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Before we pray, I want you to seriously contemplate, earnestly contemplate, are you willing to hear from God today? Are you willing to receive a word and be radically transformed by the glory of God? Seven people last service radically got transformed by God, crying and weeping because God showed up in powerful ways. Is that going to be you in this service? Let's open up our hearts and ask. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we worship you and we celebrate you. Teach us how to behold you every moment of every day so that we can see you in our life moment by moment, that we can decide to choose you. Lord, give us a word that will change us. We open up our heart, mind, and soul to see you work and move. Holy Spirit, do your thing. Be bold in this congregation. Give us bold words and let people be radically transformed. God, you are worthy. We praise you in Jesus' name. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. So Isaiah, as we switch from beholding and revelation, now Isaiah is writing this word, and it's a prophetic word. Isaiah is a prophet, and he's focused on future things. And he's writing down future things. Now, how do you know a prophet is real? Anybody? Right, I can't hear you. The truth comes. At some point, you write something down, right? Dodgers are going to lose again. It's just a prophetic word. Uh, and then in the future, it happens. A prophet does the same thing. Isaiah's a prophet, and he's writing to the people in Israel saying, listen, I'm going to deliver you from captivity. You're going to come out of Babylon and you're going to be free again. One day Israel will be restored. 
But he's also writing a word to people during the days of Jesus and people in Camarillo in 2016 at the community center. He's writing a word because it's prophetic to the time and day at that age, but it's also still alive today. He's giving us a word and delivering us from captivity. I don't know about you, but many of us need to get out of ourselves and get out of the chaos and confusion in our heads and be free so that God can work in you and use you to the best of of your abilities and for his glory. The beginning of this word that Isaiah writes is this, and it reminds me of the doo-doo sermon a couple of months ago. It says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. There's a fear series, the fear of failure. It's called the doo-doo series, a sermon. If you haven't heard it yet, you might want to go. It was one of the funniest sermons anybody said they'd ever heard, but it was also very powerful. So you can go online and listen to it. But listen, it says, don't be stuck in the doo-doo of the past. Don't sit in your doo-doo right now because it's not going to do you any good. You're going to stink. You're going to get sick. It's not healthy for your body and soul to be stuck in it. That's why we get rid of it. Who has a toilet that works in their house? Raise your hand. Most of you guys are pretty advanced. (laughs) Our toilet system takes the doo-doo out of your house and puts it somewhere else because we don't want it to dwell in there. We're going to Mexico in a couple weeks. Their outside, outhouse is outside, and you've got to go doo-doo, and it stays there the whole time in a hole. I know that's a little much for you, but what Isaiah is telling us is don't focus on that. Get rid of it. Don't forget about it. Don't let it hold you back, but get rid of it because it's not good for you. It's not a place that you can dwell. If you're angry about something, let it go. And release it. That's what Isaiah is saying. And then he says, because I want to do something new. Behold, I'm going to do something new. Behold is a prophetic word. It's a word that is a prophecy that we're supposed to grab a hold of. When When we behold, it beautifully describes someone who is focusing on their master, on pleasing their master, on pleasing the Lord. When you behold Jesus, you're focusing on him and trying to please his father in heaven. It's a prophetic word, and it's challenging to us to the very core. To behold for a Christian is to look at the triune God. What is the triune God? It's the Trinity. To look at God the Father, God the Son, and God the the Holy Spirit as one. And you're to look at him, and you're to hear him accurately and correctly so that you can do something inside of, in, inside of your life. You're to look at him and say, am I following your will, Lord? Am I following your ways? And are your words coming alive to me as I open up the word of God? You've got to say, Lord, I want to behold you, but it can't come from a, a Sunday sermon, even if they teach strong doctrine. It has to come by you opening up your own word and sitting alone with God and saying, Lord, I behold you. I want to see you, and I want to hear you, but it's got to be done personally. And then you go out and tell your friend, God God gave me a word from Scripture, and it was powerful. And then you guys both weep and cry, and you praise Jesus, and your day's better even if it's in the midst of trials. To behold is a choice. To behold or not to behold, that's the question. You're choosing to put Christ first in your problems, or you're choosing not to. I've got a struggle, I've got an addiction, I've got an internet thing going on. I behold you and you choose not to click or to pick up a drink. 
If you choose not, you're saying, nah, God, I don't want to do that now. I'll satisfy myself and then be guilty a little bit later. You choose not to behold him. Behold is a strong word. You need to earnestly contemplate what God wants to do in your life. Behold, the Lamb of God wants to do a work in you, save you, sanctify you, bring you peace. This word behold for Christians is a response. It's a responding word. At some point, somebody's going to stand up in the middle of worship and raise their hand and they're going to go, behold, I believe you, Lord. And you're going to see them connect with God in the universe and say, I'm putting all aside all my worries and fear and I'm going to lift my heart and my hand to you and I'm going to behold you as my Lord and Savior. That's what behold means. It's a response. We respond by keeping our eyes focused on him, making sure we understand and comprehend what he's trying to do. We can't do it on our own. Christians are not meant to be in the cave with a Bible. We're meant to be in a church with a bunch of people sound, singing and sounding the alarm that Jesus is alive and well and doing great work and astounding people that don't know him. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to respond. To behold is a responsibility of a Christian walk. If you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian today, you need to figure out how can I behold God more in my life? How can I respond and walk this out so that the glory of God will work and move in a great and powerful way? The result of beholding our Lord and Savior Jesus brings us a revelation brings us a revelation that he is everything in my life, who he is and who he was, what he did and what he's doing and what he's gonna do. You sit back and contemplate. If you really understand that he is coming back, you should be blown away. But then go backwards and say, he died for me? I'm a sinner. I have no business being connected to God the Father. That's blown away. He came in human form so that we can see me, so that we can see him. That's something to behold. The outcome of behold is our responsibility to put him in everything that we think is important. If you got kids, God's got to come above your kids. If you got a relationship that you really like or love, God's got to become that. If you've got an addiction or a struggle, God's got to be in the middle or above that and it'll work out. You got financial issues? God owns everything. Why are you not communicating to him? Behold him and he will work. He wants to do a new thing. And that's the second part. Isaiah 43 is a promise of victory. He says, I want to do a new thing. To the Israelites, he's going to bring them out of captivity and give them their land back. Praise God. He's going to create uh, Jerusalem and Israel again and build it back up in the temple. That's a victory. But he's also saying in 2016, I'm going to be alive in this room and I'm going to bring victory here as well. It's a promise. He says, I want to do a new thing. I want to do great and amazing things. It says, do not call on the former things or ponder, but behold, I want to do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not see it? Will you not be aware of it? Listen to what it says in, in, in uh, the NLT version, the New Living Translation. I like this version. It really speaks to me when I read this. It says, forget about all that. It's nothing to compare to about what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See or behold, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? How does God work? 
He works and he does things, and a lot of times we don't see what he's doing. It doesn't look new. It looks different. It looks backwards. It looks like you're changing me, but that's a new thing, and that's what he's trying to say. Do you not see it? If you can't see what God's doing, you need to ask somebody, what is God doing in my life? Some of us contemplate too much, and we can't hear him clearly. God is doing a new thing and wanting to do great and amazing things. And then it says, I will make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And then a little bit later, it's not in our text today, but it's in the same verse a couple of verses later. It says, I'm going to make the jackals and the ostriches celebrate because I've made pathways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's basically saying that if the people can't see what I'm doing, the animals will know and they will celebrate. The scavengers and the birds, they're going to know, even if the people don't. Do you see what God is doing? Do you see the new things that he is creating? Do you see the hope of the world right in front of you? And if you do, are you going to do something with it? God is doing something new. He wants you to grab a hold of what he's doing. Not... In this text, there's this moment in, in Isaiah 17 where he's talking about, do you not know that I am the God of the universe that gave, created a pathway to the Red Sea that you can escape from Egypt? Do you not know that I created a pathway so that you can get to the Red Sea and beyond that, that I created a, 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 a tidal wave that killed all the Egyptian army? That's the God I am. And he basically saying to us, the road that was your freedom, your salvation, your hope is also the same road that your enemies come in to chase you. If you behold him, you will have constant victory or daily victory in Jesus. If you refuse to behold him, your enemy's going to catch up to you and grab a hold of you and destroy who you are. And you'll be a fragment of what you really believe God wants you to be. God uses the same roads. That the enemy uses for defeat, God uses for victory. A lot of times we don't understand what God's doing, and that brings us to Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. There's a, there's a prophetic uh, uh, word about John the Baptist coming into the world. Here's what it says. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. So verse 1 just basically says, hey, this is a word that's coming from Isaiah. And here's what the, 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 the prophetic word says. Behold, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare a way, your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready for the way of the Lord. Make his pathways or paths straight. Why is this important to us? When Jesus came into the world, before he came into ministry, there was someone shouting, Behold, the Lamb of God is here. Repent and turn back. Behold, all of us are falling short and God wants us to draw himself back into his fold. And many people didn't understand it. They thought John the Baptist was the guy. And they followed him and they thought he was the Messiah. But he kept telling them, I'm not the guy. I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. But he's saying, behold, there is something coming. And today, there's a guy up on stage shouting at you, behold, God is doing something new here today. Behold, God wants to change you today. Behold, there is the Lamb of God who is alive today and wants to start doing work. He wants to do a new thing. God's new 
is unexpected. God's new is not seen. God's new is rarely understood. John the Baptist, after he got arrested, didn't even know what Jesus was doing. He's like, you the guy, really? Are you really the guy? And Jesus says, go back and contemplate what I've done. The blind can see. The lame can walk. Go back and contemplate that, and you will see that I did something new, and I'm bringing newness into this community and into this world. New looks like change. If you're here today and your life is not where you want it to be, new is going to look like change. New is going to look like different of what you did yesterday than it's going to be today and what you need to do tomorrow. That's what new looks like. New looks like you're going to come to a place like this and feel refreshment because your life is chaotic. New looks like something that you need to grab a hold of. New looks like hope and joy and peace. Today I want to give something new to someone. I'm going to ask my a par partner in crime, Dustin, to get up. And we're going to do some raffling today. We've got this box up here to raffle away. A lot of times we see something up here and it's big. And it looks like it's got a lot of value to it. But Dustin also has some envelopes in his hand. And you've got to decide what's important. So go ahead, Dustin, call out these numbers. If your number is called, will you just please stand up and listen? I believe that God is going to do something crazy right now. So if you're open to this, please stand and, and watch God work. Okay, the number is 595-4390. If you got that, you got to stand up. Keep standing. Sorry, Roy. 595-4413. If that's you, stand up. Come on, Roy doesn't want to stand by himself. Who's got that number? Char Keith. Okay, go. 595-4392. That was easy. That was easy. 595-4392. Four three eight eight. Five nine five four three nine one. Who's got that number? No? Somebody's gotta stand up. Everybody got a ticket. Alright. Go ahead. All right. Five nine five. Four three eight nine. Last one five nine five four three nine three. So how many is that? We should have seven. Yeah, we need one more. Today the question is as you stand before me, do you want what you think is in this big box? Or do you want what's in the envelope that Dustin has? So today, who is the first one called? Roy. Roy, do you want to choose what he thinks in the big box? Or do you want to grab a card that Dustin has? Good, because there's nothing in here. Roy. I want to give you acceptance. God has been praying for you for, 40, uh, for 48 hours that you are to accept the path that you have in life. 
People have been praying for this card for you, and there's a scripture in there that was written by my daughter, and she believes that verse is for you. That's a blessing. Jar Keith, God wants to speak hope into your life. He wants you to see that there is so much joy and hope that you've got to tap into it. And he is going to move in you. This word and this, this, uh, this scripture is meant for you to grab a hold on for the rest of your life. Chris, God wants to move in you, but he has to do it through forgiveness. God wants you to come to a place of forgiveness or give it away or accept him, but there's something there that he wants to do. Grab a hold of this, and even if it doesn't make sense, just pray about it and contemplate it. God wants to work in you. David, go Raiders. God wants to give you endurance. He wants you to endure all that's happened in the past, and he wants you to look to the future and keep fighting that fight, and he's got a piece of scripture in there that will radically transform you. Veronica, your father says, I want to bestow peace upon you. I want you to receive a shalom, peace, as you go through this time, as you're growing as a student and as a mom and as an individual, he wants to give you peace that will last you an eternal life. Receive that and let the glory of God shine. We save the best for last. God wants to love you. He's saying, I love you. I love you so much and what you've done and how you've moved. He's looking at you and smiling, saying, I know you don't feel it all the time, but I love you, and way, the way that you responded to me is correct. Receive my love and let it go forth and give it away. Today, people are being changed because there are words. If you need a word today, come up to the prayer. Go outside, ask some women and, and men around you and say, give me a word, because God is alive. Jesus came in. He wants to be outstanding. Do I have one more, right? What do you have left? God wants you to give acceptance. What was it? Oh, contentment. Sorry. God is, in, is entering in your life right now. And at this point, you've got to be content with what he has. You're to stand in his glory and understand that he's doing a work in you. And you're to be in content with every have. If you've got a little or you've got a lot, he wants you to be okay with that. And press in and behold him as the Lamb of God. Does that make sense? The, the beauty of Jesus is this. He wants to change realities. We had a handful of people receive these cards and several of them came back and go, this is the word I've been getting for weeks and months. And they were scriptures that made sense that they'd recently read. And people are praying and asking for that to work in your life. He wants to change his reality in your heart so that you will behold him. He wants to bring a new perspective for you to put on lenses of glasses that look through Jesus' eyes first and then into the world.
He wants to bring a new attitude and a new mindset so that you can be open to that word. If you received a word today and you didn't like it, praise God. That's how they're supposed to be. And if you got exactly what you need, that's because he loves you and and adores you. But if you need a word today, please come up and I'd love to give you one. Or my sister or Delinda or someone in here will give you a great word. Jesus brings us a new reality. He says, I'm the living one. I died, but look, or behold, I'm alive forever and ever. I hold the keys to death, and I hold the keys to the grave. There's no greater hope than in me. And God is going to do a work and bring life into the places where we believe are dead. He is going to make a pathway in the wilderness so that people can grab a hold of the glory of God. If you feel that today, come up and give it to give God the glory. Behold Him, maybe for the first time, and receive Him. He says, "I'm doing a new thing in here today, and people are going to be changed forever." If that's you, come up. Don't leave her by herself. Come up and, re- and let's worship her. Let's worship with her. Let's stand in the glory of God. He is a King. What kind of King leaves His throne? What kind of king comes from heaven and leaves his throne to become a human? What kind of king comes down in human form and says, not only am I going to live with you, but I'm going to die so that you could have a better life. That's the kind of king that I have. That's King Jesus and that's who I behold. God is going to do work, and in the name of Jesus, we pray for healing and restoration and hope for all of us here today, women, men, children, all. The glory of God is here, alive and well. There's a lot of healing here today. There's a lot of hope here today. It doesn't matter how long you've been around. Jesus is alive and well, and he is bigger than all things. It doesn't matter if you're 50, 60, or 70, or 84 years old. God is still doing new things. Let's celebrate him. Let's sing about his amazing grace. Will you just bow your heads and let's get into prayer. God, you are here today working and changing lives. Astound us, Father, with your love as we sing about your grace. Lord, bring us to the throne room right now. And we ask that as we meditate and contemplate about who you are, will you do a work in this county, in this country, and in this world to bring healing in the name of Jesus right now. And if there's people that need a Savior, now is the time. Repeat after me if you need a Savior. Father, forgive me for what I am and what I've done. Come into my heart. Come into my soul. And be my king so that I can behold you. I know that you died and you rose again so that I may have everlasting life. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a word to live for the rest of my life. God, you are glory. You are love. You are all powerful. And we worship you and praise you in the name above all names. Jesus Christ and all God's people said, hey, let's sing about his amazing grace and worship him now.